Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Ray Ferraro, of course, a part of our podcast for a while. Now he's gone, but uh, his his uh, his legacy lives on because he'll save you with two under the number two U N D R Ferraro twenty code. Save you twenty percent at two under dot com. Great underwear, lots of NHLers currently wearing it, and uh, check them out. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Pulphockey dot com podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Subscribe to it on Stitcher on your smart on your smartphone and. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. All right, next up, uh, our show with a guy that uh, one of the most feared guys in the game when he played, but he could also play the game and play it at a high level, play for a lot of different teams over a lot of years, and uh, now he's back home in Saskatchewan. Dave Manson. Dave, thanks for doing this, man. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Steve. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's awesome. So you're coaching. I didn't even know that. You're back at PA, Prince Albert Raiders, and uh, and coaching. How do you like that? Well, you know what? I enjoy it. I, when I first retired, I just we wanted to come back and reintroduce ourselves to our families, and mm-hmm. and uh, and as so be it in hockey, they fired the coach <laughs> and asked me if I uh, if I would help out in the meantime while they mm-hmm. they hunted down a new one. I said I would, and that that's turned into uh, a five year stint, and then. I backed off a bit to be with my kids. Yep. And uh, then again, they fired the coach and they asked me to come back. <laughs> so now I'm presently, uh, I'm, I've stuck with it here now. So Yeah. Well, I mean, so you, you're back on the grind. Like after playing that many years, over 1,100 games played, you're back at it. So to travel and everything else, you're cool with all that? Yeah, I don't mind it. You yep. know, it's, um, it's a lot different. It's really, it's on the bus, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, we do have some lengthy road trips, but, you know, it's, it's kind of quiet time now on the bus. Right, right. So it's a lot different. It's a little bit quiet and not as hectic. And when you're on the bus, the phone doesn't ring or anything <laughs> like that. So it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah. You can get some work done. And sure. I quite enjoy it. Actually, before we get too far, we, th- we should thank Sean Fanuff, a mutual friend of a friend that helped set this up. Is he related to Dion? I don't even know, but maybe, huh? No, yeah, I don't know if he is or not, but okay. he's, coaching my, he's coaching my young son. Oh, well, thanks. He asked to- me if I'd be. I would take part, and I was more than happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Sean for setting this up. So, um, before we get too far into your career a little bit, um, your kid, Josh, he plays for the Ducks right now. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, this is just a view from a guy that follows it a little bit. I think he was uh, his progression was a little bit of a surprise to make the Ducks this fast after being drafted. But uh, you got to be a proud, proud dad. And does, does he offer you, does he ask you much for advice or how does that go? Well, you know, he, there's there's certain things that we can help him with, but he's in good hands with the Anaheim coaching staff. And, mm-hmm. and he asks little things here and there, not about hockey, just about life in general and living on your own and right. those types of things. But uh, no, he's uh, he's making his way, Stephen, and he's uh, you know his development has has been kind of a different path. 
yeah. compared to most. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's found a way to get there through hard work, determination, and, and yeah, we're proud of him. Has he told you if he's gotten chirped about you yet at all from anybody or, or any oh, old coaches? <laughs> I'm sure there's probably been a few chirps, but right. you know, uh, probably the lack of skill or the lost loss that I had as a player. But I uh, know he's. We make fun of a time. Yeah, I never. I don't take myself too seriously. So uh, right, you know, I'm easy to make fun of. The uh, and the Ducks themselves, uh, man. Every time you like, they should be better. And every time they get going, you're like, okay, they're finally better. And it's been up and down over there, man. I'm I'm, I'm scared for Boudreaux's job, Dave. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't, uh, unfortunately, even at our level, the WHL, uh, we're we're in the winning winning game. And and wins are are how you're measured. And, uh, you know what? And I'm being so close and on the cusp of contending for a cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year like this, yes, is certainly a bitter pill for, yeah. I'm sure, the, the, the powers that be that have built that team. No doubt. And you know what? Like you've said, they've been, they're really close. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it could be one player that that uh, gets them going or gets them on a streak. I guess the saving grace in the halls are not they're not out of it mm-hmm. yeah. by a long shot. Yeah. You know, they're still within within a, you know, a couple game winning streak of, of being right there, so mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I don't know how much you follow it, but Getzlaff has one goal. It's like, wow, come on. <laughs> so. Yeah, we were listening on the you know, we watch every game, so yeah, yeah. they said, yeah, he is. But it goes like that for some players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of time if he you know the way he's played his whole career. Uh, he's probably has a process that he goes through, yep. and the process has put him in the place that he's in right now. So it's just a matter of time until until he until uh, he breaks through. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you yourself, I got to ask you. Like, look, everybody, your nickname is Charlie. Um, you were you were um, one of those guys on the ice that some people feared. Uh, you know, you weren't scared to throw him down. You could play the game too. Do you like that nickname, and does it bug you? I think it would be if I was related to like a serial killer, Dave. I might be a little pissed, but yeah, no, it was. You know what? It was. I went to Chicago camp, right? Yeah, uh, my second year, and um, there was a couple. You know, it was just an easy tag, I guess. And once something like that, you you don't pick your nickname, <laughs> right? Right. And unfortunately, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. No, I had. Uh, I had a different uh, nickname in junior, which is far more, <laughs> oh, more likable. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate when you, I, I like to think I play the game hard. Yeah. Then you draw comparisons like that. It's not, no. not in any way, shape, or form. It's, and I, see, is he, and I heard, I heard your name, yeah, I heard your name brought up like on a call-in show. I don't know. One of these shows I listen to, podcasts I listen to, and then the, the host goes, Charlie and I'm just like oh that's just haunting the guy like yeah, I mean yeah yeah one of those things so it's the tough it's one of those things yeah you know you can't change it right so um hey the game today I don't I know I'm sure you've noticed this it's there's not much fighting I'm a fan of the Maple Leafs they've had one fight this year and it was Nazem Kadri and there isn't a lot of fighting anymore there there's um it's slowly working its way out of the game now again, you were a guy that you were nowhere near this goon guy, but you fought, and and it was a little bit of a code out there. It was a different game when you played, and you didn't retire that long ago either. So it's kind of radical. 
What do you think? Do you, do you? I mean, do you want it back? Do you miss it a little bit? Well, you know what? It's it's one of those things that a lot of it, I'm sure, is insurance driven. Mm-hmm. Concussions are a big part of the game, but right. the majority of the concussions are from shoulder to head type of hits, mm-hmm. the very serious ones. And you know, yes, I'm not not taking away that uh, players don't get hurt in fights. They do. Right. I mean, you can't can't ignore that fact. But I think it, a lot of this is insurance driven, and and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. It's a far better game today than it was when I played. Like these these guys are conditioned twelve months of the year. They can all skate at high rates, handle pucks, make plays. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that being said, you know, I've watched. I went to games before my son was there after I retired, and there was a fight in one of those games, and the, the people that that left their seats were coming back to watch the fight. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I don't I, I don't know if it'll be in the game in two or three years. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I really don't. I mean, fighting is down even at our level, at the WHL. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a trickle down of the, of the WHL, and it also carries forward, too. So, the players learn to, to, to not do it, um, at this level, it's going to carry on. So um, I hope it doesn't because, you know what, we play a sport that is, a, is an intense sport. Mm-hmm. And feathers get ruffled sometimes. And sure. sometimes there's going to be the odd little uh, disagreement. Yeah. And some, sometimes you just need to settle disagreements the right way. Yeah, like I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of fighting, just like the staged fighting. I don't I'm not a fan of that. I just I agree with you 100. percent Right, that part of it should not should not be in the game. But uh, you know, in t- in doing a lot of these podcasts with guys, you know, they've said like, hey, it's there's a you know, if you got a star player and he thinks twice about being able to just you know cut across the middle and and score on the goalie because he thinks twice because there's a guy ready to step up and and make them pay a price, then that, that helps your team win. And I get that. I mean, as a guy on the couch, I, I understand that. So, you know, and there's a little bit of fear. In, in, it used to be a little bit of fear for some of these guys, and it would have helped your team win. Yeah, yeah well, the star players have to be protected mm-hmm. because they're, you know, and you'd hate to lose a Sidney Crosby to, to, to reckless play. Yep. By, by an opponent, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and in our day, like, if I if I was going to go out there and slash Steve Eisman or slash Dave Gagne or something, I knew next shift yeah. I was going to have to answer for it. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of it kind of kept things in check, right? Yeah, yeah. And vice versa. If they slashed Dennis Savard, then there was guys, okay, that can't happen. So we have to take care of it. Now, uh, you know what? And I won't say right now it's it's gotten better. But with the, the, you know, the institution of the instigator penalty, yep. that stopped a lot, and it made a lot of guys, and I'm not saying names, a little braver mm-hmm. to take those cheap shots on the better players, knowing that there wasn't going to be retribution. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't when I pay to go watch a team play, like, but I want to see a Corey Perry play, my son play. You know, I want to see, a, I want to see the good players play. I don't want, I don't want to have to worry or yeah. to go there and watch. You know, those are the, the people that 
yeah. They need to be protected. In some yeah, way. it's it's like such a. I, and, you know, and you're absolutely right. The NHL is facing a lawsuit from all, from a bunch of guys, and and you know it is. You're right. It's it's more like political driven than anything else. But it's always been in the game. And I'm not again. I'm not one of those guys that just want to see these 1970s line brawls. But it seems like we need it. We need a little bit more. Just a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess. Uh, you know, as a coach, we always ask our players to be emotionally attached to the game. Right. And sometimes when you are, and like I said, hockey is a is a high intensity sport. It's fast moving. There's going to be collisions. There's going to be, you know, the odd disagreement. Mm-hmm. And if two guys think that if they're genuinely mad at each other and not fighting just for the sake of fighting, then you know, yeah, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. Right. right. Hey, drafted eleventh uh, overall in 1985 by the by, by the Blackhawks. Um, you played a little bit in the minors, but kind of almost basically uh, stepped into the league after after being drafted. And your coach, after a couple of years, was Keenan. Did you re- did you hear about Ronick's biography? Yeah, I heard about it, and uh, you know, I'm not so sure they, you know, guys like that should be writing about uh, yeah incidents incidences that they don't. Or at a hundred percent sure on, you know, and no shit. Um, you know, I'm not denying that there was an incident, uh, Steve. But yeah. I mean, every player had disagreements with Mike, well, and diff- with different coaches at different times. That's what I was going to ask you about. So, how hard was Keenan to play for? I mean, what was he? Was he like I, just the rep that they they they'd say? You know what, Mike? Mike was a, is an intense man and a great hockey coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's one at every level. He's coached. People tend to to twist things and invent things that that aren't truly there. And you're the actually first person to ask what he was really like. Yeah. Mike was a caring a caring individual away from the game. Was he really? Huh? Like I, yeah. Like like I said before, we're in the winning business, and Mike liked to win. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. He had disagreements with players, but he also backed players too. And uh, I was no different than than any other of those players. Yeah, did he help you? Did he did he teach you things? Did he? I had my yep. I had my best year under Mike. You did eighteen goals. And one, yeah. And the one the one thing that coaches have is they they have the ability and they're allowed to let you play. Mm-hmm. So Mike played me. Right. And, and that's that's one thing I'll be forever thankful for. Well, you're a coach now, and you had a lot of coaches. Uh, Keenan and Paddock and uh, Vigneault, um, over just to name a few. Do you take a little bit of everybody in your philosophy now? Was there was there a guy that maybe you that coached you that you admire the most that you most take from, or maybe it was Keenan? I don't know. But well, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I love the intensity of, of Mike Keenan. All these coaches are very intense people. Mm-hmm. They all handle it differently. And I've been very fortunate, I guess, to have numerous coaches. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I think back and I try to take a little from each one. Like John Paddock was a great coach, but patient. Mm-hmm. So you try to incorporate that with the young kids, and, and it works. And the odd time you need intensity. Yep. And you need really good technical skills, like a, like a Dave King, and a tactical guy like Dave King. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you have to be. You know, very good at reading the game, like a Ken Hitchcock. Right. So there's, um, and you have to be just a solid, good human, like Teddy Green. And 
I've, I've had great coaches. Like I, yep. There's not one where I think back where I just shook my head. Jeez, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You're like, what are you, you doing? Know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been very fortunate. Uh, played for Blackhawks, uh, lost in the conference finals to the Oilers that year. The day went on to win the cup, and the right before the next season, um, right, right before ninety one, ninety two, you get traded to Oilers um, for Steve Smith. Did you know that was coming? Did, was it a surprise? Were you bummed? Uh, what was this? What was the point uh, of your life was, like? Yeah, that was the year we lost out in the first round mm-hmm. to uh, Minnesota after winning the President's Trophy. Yep, and you know emotions were running high. Because you know we were we were kind of picked to to do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know Minnesota got on a momentum bus there, and and, uh, and we you know so I knew something was going to happen, not with me personally, but mm-hmm. I figured there was going to be collateral damage, right? Because of that early playoff exit, mm-hmm. and then when I was traded to uh, Edmonton, it was the first time I was ever been traded. So it was kind of a shock. Sure. And my wife was pregnant with our first, with our first child at the time. Mm-hmm. So and you know everybody knew that. So I kind of figured, you know, nothing was going to happen. But game of hockey is a game of hockey. Yeah. You know that that kind of opened my eyes there as to the business side of it. Mm-hmm. So, but I was very fortunate to go to Edmonton, where there was a bunch of young players. You know, just starting new families, and and we were a very close team at Edmonton. So I look back and I cherish those years too. Yeah, and be, again, being PA guy, Edmonton, not that far from home, not far from where you no. played, right? Yeah. No, it was nice. I was able to come home for Christmas and, right. you know, be around family, which is what I really enjoy. Hey, just touching on Chicago a little bit, Savard. You played with Danny Savard, and, and he had one of those years when you played with him where he was. Where he was Danny Savard, spinner ramming. What was he like to stop in practice? What was he like? It was just phenomenal. Uh, Danny, Danny had a lot of. Uh, well, he was just a naturally gifted skater and hockey player. Like he, uh, yeah, he could make plays at a high rate of speed. Play one on one. He was one of the tougher guys to play one on one in the whole league. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, he was a, he was a good individual. Was he? Yeah. So, yeah. He was a nice guy off the ice, and he looked after the young guys, and and you know, so I was. That's the part that uh, that I remember. I can imagine you trying to give him a two hander in practice, like stop spinning, stop spinning around me. <laughs> yeah, he, he he created fits for a lot of guys, dude. Right? Included. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the Oilers, a couple years in the Oilers, and again, like close to home, and uh, not a great team, but uh, um, you know, still some some great guys on it, great players on it. Um, what do you remember from from your time at Edmonton? Like you said, Teddy Green was well, the coach. Like so we had, yep, Teddy Green was the coach, and a man I respect uh, very much. He, uh, you know, we had a young team mm-hmm. uh, mixed with some some uh, very successful veterans and Greg McTavish. Kevin Lowe and, you know, Craig Simpson, Jesse Tickenen, Craig Muty, you know, guys that have won cups and yeah. had success there. And, and then we kind of, we had some bloody young guys. And so it was really, really a, a fun team. And the fact that a lot of the younger guys were starting families, and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things, a lot of things in common. Um Funny that you got traded for Steve Smith, who was kind of like Dave Manson in a way, right? Like, not yeah, a. It was, it was two players that uh, 
yeah. you know, trades happen. And, yeah. and, you know, Smitty played for Mike at the Canada Cup. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know what I mean? He could kind of, I guess it made sense after, right. you know, looking at it here now. So. At this point in your career, like you had 352 penalty minutes one year, 301 again in Chicago. You were uh, you were a rugged guy. You were getting into some fights and stuff. Did you? But again, you'd scored 18 goals one year, 14 the next year. Did you find it like difficult? You're like, look, I want to play this type of game. I, I can score goals. I can put points on. I'm a good passer. Your your shot was great, but at the same time, like. All these penalty minutes where you're like, hey, I just I don't want to fight. I want to try to stay on the ice. Or was your game both? Were you happy to embrace sort of both ways? Well, yeah, I mean, nobody, I mean, you got to earn your stripes. And, mm-hmm. You know, by no, by no stretch of the imagination that I think that I was, uh, you know. Uh, Bobby Orr. <laughs> Ray, Bobby Orr yeah. or Ray, Ray Bork. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you know, you want to you want to contribute to your team in many ways, right? Yeah. So, and uh, you know, everybody, you know, unfortunately, there's no nobody around. Things you can't you can't forget what I guess got you there. Yeah. No, I guess yeah. as you get older, and you know, you, you, it, it it's harder to to get to those fights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you want to play, and you want to be a good a good veteran, a good leader for for the younger guys coming up. Yep. So, yep. Um, and to walk that fine line as far as you know, going over the line and taking penalties, and you know, it, it was hard at times. Yes. Yeah, because I remember, and the only reason I, I ask you that is because, again, I'm a guy on the couch in Winnipeg um, watching the games. I read this book every year called The Hockey Scouting Report, right? They put it out, and John Davidson and these different media guys would do it. So, of course, who knows how, how accurate it was. But one of the things right. I remember reading about you was, like, Dave could be a lot better if he could just stay on the ice and stay away from, like, the rough stuff that gets him put in the box. So, yeah. you know, just one of those things where a guy was like, hey, man, this guy could, you know, could kill it, so... So, yeah, it's it's one of those things, and you'll have a lot of guys like now. You know, they say, "Oh, you know, all the tools and this and that." But you know, what I mean, the older we get, the better we were. Yeah, and that's for everybody. Right? <laughs> sure, but, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's guys that you know. Oh, all he did was take stupid pills. No, no, that that wasn't the case at all. And that's that's just a lot of. Uh, yeah, you know, older guys that are maybe disgruntled with their own careers. That you know, unfortunately, they have a voice in hockey that that say those things. You know, I I I, I like to consider myself a guy that played hard. Yeah, and yeah, there was times where I crossed the line. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But something would have had to been done to me first. So yep, you yeah, know, you weren't a guy looking I, for it, kind of right? Is that what you're saying? Like well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to play hard and, and, and well, like I said earlier, yep. if I'm going to go and do something, I know that's what I have to do next shift. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, so, yeah, yeah, people said you could, I mean, you could, you could play the game. There's no doubt. You know, you weren't some goon or whatever. So that's all. Oh, well, I think my numbers, yeah. like if you consider me with no goons, like, like Bob Prober was a real good player too. Mm-hmm. You know, he scored close to 40 goals. Like that's, he didn't score 40 goals with, no skill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know what I mean. He can say he played with Eisenman. Yeah, but he's still, you know, Bob scored in many different ways. Yeah. What's he 
doing it for. He's not doing it for his goal scoring. Right. So it's and, just the way it goes. And, le- and also, too, let's face it, you played your first five years in the Norris division. McRae, yeah. Koser, Wendell. <laughs> Some tough hockey. Yeah, and every, <laughs> every team had a lineup. They did. They did. And it was, you know, it was called the Chuck Norris division for a reason. Right, right. Hey, I... I I tried to do some research here. Um, your voice, your larynx injury, that Momesso in a fight with Momesso, was that in, I think that was in Edmonton? Or am I off? Yeah. Yeah. It was my first year in Edmonton. Right. Yeah, you're right. Um, right. Which, I mean, it's still, you can hear it. You know, your voice is still raspy. Yeah. I don't know how hard it is for you to talk, but fuck, what a, what a, what a tough injury, Dave. Jeez. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's, uh, you know, I've had a couple surgeries trying to repair it. Yep. And they've done whatever they can do. So we'll just have to see if technology changes or yeah or whatever. You know, if it's the only thing that happens to me, I'm you know I, I, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, no, There's that's a lot of guys in, in worse shape than I. True. Do you remember? Do you remember the moment he hit you? You were just like, oh wait, yep. oh yeah, yep. you were just like, oh shit, clear as, clear as, clear as a bell. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's one of those things, and and then I I sustained an elbow to the throat after. Oh, I'm not sure if that right did more damage or yep. or. Uh, it felt a lot worse, a lot worse than the, the punch, but uh, oh, it did. It was uh, worse. The, the elbow was yeah, worse. Yeah, it, it, it was worse. Maybe because of the trauma that I'd already suffered. Right. So, um, yeah, and especially being a coach too. You're like, hey guys, come here. Like, I got to talk. I got to tell you. You know. So, it, uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I'm not a yeller anyway. So uh-huh. <laughs> I don't yell at the uh, Yeah. You know, if I got something to say, uh, right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it and, and be done with it. Hey, the uh, and here's where I come in because I was I was living in Winnipeg, so I was watching the games. You got traded to the Jets um, again in that situation. Did did you know it was coming? Were you surprised? And how did you think about going to Winnipeg? Well, yeah, I knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time because Glenn Sather told me I signed a free agent contract with Washington, uh-huh. and I, we tried to renegotiate with with uh, the Oilers. Glenn wanted me to try to renegotiate, right? And we tried, and we couldn't do anything. So he said, well, I'm going to have to trade you. Okay. Yep. Yep, go ahead, trade me. Yep. And, uh, so that, it took a little while. Uh, but then eventually, you know, when I was traded, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. So, and I was happy to go to Winnipeg and uh, to go play for John Paddock and Terry Simpson. And also, too, the the, the year was a lockout. The, your first year there was the lockout, your first complete year. But um, Zamnoff, Timu, Kachuk, you probably were like, hey, these guys are, are pretty good. Like, these, these guys are... Yeah, yeah. You know, they... Well, the one year the, I was in Edmonton, Damo had his, his rookie... Yeah. His rookie uh, year, which was sensational. Yeah, they had a good young core there. They're very skilled players, and, you know, with a couple of the acquisitions that uh, that John had made, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had a good young team. Uh, and also, too, you were in Winnipeg when they left. And, I, again, I was living there. It was my last year living there before I, I moved down south. And I remember, and maybe this is different from you because you, you were playing and you didn't notice, but, like, the t- the city was trying to save the Jets. Shankaro was selling them almost no matter what. And I remember there was a sense of bitterness a little bit from the fans, like, screw, you guys are leaving. But then they, the, but then they were like, oh, shit, they're leaving. Like, now we love you guys. We want you back. Like, it was a weird time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was you know an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah, like for players, coaches, right? And I can't imagine what the fans felt. Um, and uh, I, you know, yeah, go ahead. Like they, they rallied to try to save them. I mean, you had young, 
young kids breaking their piggy banks. And it was it was emotional. Like it was it was tough because you saw what the game of hockey meant to them. Yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, you kind of think when it first started to the rumor surfaced of you know the team selling and moving and right. so on and so forth. You think, well, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, the city will step up, something will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but it it never did. And just the fact that uh, you know they were gone and we weren't gone. Yep. Yep. And the emotional toll it took on the, on the city um, was was very tough and very dark. Yeah, I, I, yeah, so yeah, and even the newspapers they like at times the Winnipeg Sun were like, I remember all you guys got some luggage for Christmas gifts or something from the team, but the team was getting bailed out by the province on some losses, and then at one yeah. point they said, look at these greedy hockey players getting luggage, and I'm just like, come on, like things like that, yeah, you know? I, well, it's tough because at the end of the day, the players play. Uh-huh. We have no we have no control on on the business side of the game. Mm-hmm. We we all. I I spent the summer in Winnipeg. I I enjoyed being there. Uh, oh, did you really? I know yeah. a lot. Yep. And I know a lot of the other players that were on that team enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so the players the players had really uh, nothing to do with that. How about the and, last? How about the last playoff game too? Oh, they were. They were yeah. Just, yeah, that was awesome. Well, it would have been nice to to push you know Detroit to one more, and mm-hmm. you know if we could have got that. Uh, but the fact that you know, we could we were able to win that game in Detroit. Come back yep. and give the whiteout the people one more chance to one last chance, I guess, to support uh their team and you know, it's unfortunate we fell short, but mm-hmm. now, you know, it's nice to see the hockey's back in Winnipeg and thriving. Yeah. So, yeah, it's doing well too. Um and hey, I remember too that series, Habib Buellen played out of his mind. He was great. Uh, yeah, he you know, Detroit wasn't. They knew they had more talent and mm-hmm. more experience than us. But the one, the one wild card was Nick Abibuin. Yeah, and you know he, he played he played off the charts for that whole series. So you play Chicago, you go to Edmonton, you go to Winnipeg, and you know all kind of cold cities, northern cities. Of course, Edmonton and Winnipeg. You know, Canadian hardcore hockey fans. Now you're in Phoenix. Were you cool with that? Were you just like, all right, let's go to Phoenix? Well, you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't cool with uh, the, the the coaching change and those types of things that that followed us from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, we made the playoffs. We had a you know a good year, a good enough year to make the playoffs. And then they they change coaches as maybe owner ownership. That's their prerogative. But, yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't happy about that. Uh, not that the coach that came in, Donnie, was a bad coach or anything yeah. like that. It was just uh, you know I thought we had we had uh, along with other players too. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, they so it, yeah. It kind of kind of started on a sour note for me. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is, and uh, you know. We, you know, we were in the sun. It was kind of different for me. I've been growing up yeah. playing hockey in the winter, and yeah. you know, was, so that part of it was different. My kids and wife enjoyed it. <laughs> different for me, but I, uh, I read something about Don. Hay, you know, he was a very successful junior coach, and I read that he kind of treated you guys like junior players, and you got, and everybody was kind of like Kachuk, and these guys were like, "What? Huh?" Like we're like grown men, <laughs> so. Well, it's 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 tough. It's tough for a junior coach to come in and not have success. Yep. And you know he come in and he tried to do things um, 
the way that he had success, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't fault him for that. Yep. You know, he's, his his junior resume is off the charts. So, uh, for him to come in and coach the way he's coached uh, for the past twenty years, uh, I, no one should be surprised by that. You uh. You didn't last the whole season there, and I guess, like you said, you weren't pumped on the coaching. You weren't pumped on the, some of the changes, um, but you ended up going to uh, Montreal. Um, and again, I'm asking you the same stuff. Did you kind of know it was coming? Did you? What did you think about it? Well, I knew that. Uh, I knew that. Um, you know uh, that. Yeah, something was probably going to happen in Phoenix at some yep. point in time. Mm-hmm. Just uh, um, you know, and and. Probably majority of it was was my fault, but uh, you know, it's when I went to Montreal, um, it was it was great. <laughs> You're back to an original sixteen, yeah, and the the enthusiasm in Montreal and um, the coaching staffs that that I had there uh, were were unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Vigneault, who's still having some success today. Very good. Well, uh, Vigneault is a great coach. Yep. And I don't, you know, you may have one player, but Elaine, Elaine has done a great job everywhere he's gone. And uh, um, oh, he's not he's not part of the, uh, the, uh, the Olympic team coaching staff is beyond me. Yeah, people were saying like, "Hey, I mean, exactly. He left like he won forever in Vancouver, and he won in Montreal, and then now he's the Rangers are. I mean, I don't think the Rangers are that deep of a team. They got a great goalie, obviously, but there's something to the guy, obviously. You know, absolutely. Elaine is a very personal man, Mm -hmm. and he finds a way to push the right buttons, and that's a tribute to him. Yep. And again, being very, very much, very much enjoyed uh, leaving you. Going back to and going back to a hockey market in Montreal, like, did you feel? Was there a little bit more pressure thrown on that uniform, or like, how, like, did you? Uh, you know, there's pressure, yes, because yeah. it's a, like I said, the original six team. You're mm-hmm. back in Canada, where hockey is, you know, uh, like going to church. Yeah. And you know, it's it, it was great, and we had some success there, uh, and the way the city jumps on board behind that team is just uh, phenomenal. At some point, Dave, I think you should have got a no trade clause. Did you ever try to go for that? <laughs> I don't think the GMs would have given you that. I, mean, I don't know, man. You were a pretty good player. <laughs> they might have done I, it. But... Know, I, was, I was lucky. I, you know, I wasn't training as much as I, I, I got to play for some teams twice. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that part of it, uh, I, I enjoyed. I mean, in today's game with the salary cap, it's tougher for players to move. Mm-hmm. So, you're seeing a lot more uh, players spend their whole career in one in one city, but you're also seeing the length of career short. So yeah, did you were you married the whole time? This is tough. This is a tough I, deal. Yeah, I I spent three years in Chicago um, by myself, and uh-huh. and then I was I was married. Yeah, you're like, hey, honey, live we're, with me. We're packing up again. We're going to Phoenix yeah. now. Yeah. Now we're going to Montreal. Yeah. Jeez. You don't have a lot of extra, lot of extra things laying around. Yeah. When you trade, when you trade, you know, <laughs> you do that. You, you, you can do a lot of purging. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, people don't understand. Like, imagine just you working in your accounting job, and uh, a guy comes up to you, your boss comes up and goes, "Hey, uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're off to Chicago. 
Um, like you're paid well, you know, don't get me wrong. You're a professional hockey player. You're, you're doing well, but still no one can get used to that. Hey, you're out of here. See ya. No, it's always a shock. You know, I mean, you gotta, especially when you have a wife and kids, mm-hmm. you know, that, that changes it because, you know, your, your, your kids have to move schools and it's very tough for young kids Yeah. to, uh, you know, to, to make new friends and to be thrown into different situations. So maybe in some way, shape or form that helped, uh, my oldest son, Josh, and my oldest daughter, Megan, you know, they made friends easy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and but at the same time, it's still very tough for them, you know, to, to, to have to put them through that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's part of nature. Yeah, no, you go back to Chicago, you're uh, traded to Chicago back again, which was, had been pretty cool to go back home. I, I, I imagine the fans were pumped that you were, you were they did love you in Chicago, so... Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, Chicago yeah. was where it started, and so it's got a special place in my heart. But yeah, when I went back, the team was kind of, you know, they were just trying to find themselves. The town support wasn't there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we were just trying to kind of spin our wheels there a bit, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. and then I was, you know, I left. I was traded at the All Star break for to Dallas, and mm-hmm. you know, I got my first taste of the Stanley Cup final. Out of there, where we lost to Jersey, and yeah, you know that was just an unbelievable experience. I bet I, I just did one of these with Daryl Ray, who you know the ex goalie. Now the media guy, yep. and, um, yep. and yep. he told me like the, the those those stars. Then of course you were not there when they won the cup. They won the cup the next year, but uh, Hitchcock, Hull, Belfour, Hatcher, yourself, Modano. He said it was unbelievable cast of characters. Like just Eddie was. You know, one of those goalies that was intense, and Hull and Hitchcock were fighting. Hull dumped the puck into the corner one time because he told Hitchcock, "Goals don't matter." Remember? So, what was what was those? What was that team? Yeah, like? well, that that was one of the best you know experiences of my life because there was a different cast of characters, as yeah. Fraser said. Yeah, and they somehow they found a recipe for for success. And they held each other accountable mm-hmm. all through the organization, and it was it was uh, it was a great situation to go to. I was uh, I was very fortunate to uh, to have experienced that. And what about losing the cup though in six? Man, that's tough. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked, <laughs> you know, because we we worked so hard to get it back in that game five and went into triple overtime mm-hmm. in Jersey, and you know we got it back to Dallas, and then. To lose in overtime in six uh, was was tough because yep. we felt if we could have found a way to sneak that game out, right? You know, the percentages were in our favor to win it. And uh, do you remember Hull and Hitchcock yelling at each other? Well, you know, I never, I never witnessed them yelling at each other, but <laughs> you know, there was just normal clubhouse banter. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, it was it was from everybody, and it was comical at times, but at times. There was meaning behind it when it was time to get your do your chin straps up and get going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then traded to another team, another original six team, the Maple Leafs. So yeah, I went. I signed. With, I signed with Toronto. Oh, signed with them. Yeah, sorry. Agent. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, my years in Toronto were, you know, it was uh, you know, playing for Pat Quinn and, and uh, you know another original six team and. and there was a lot of pressure on that team to win too. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, exactly. Sundin, 
Roberts and those dudes. Um, it was a yeah. one of those teams where, yeah, people were kind of looking at it like, hey, let's do something, you guys. And again, as a Maple Leaf fan, I followed it closely. So, um, when you uh, when you wrapped it up, you played for the Stars again. You went back to the Stars. Uh, I think you were traded there that time. Um, did you know it was kind of over? Were you? Yeah, I knew. Were you? I knew. Yeah. Uh, that's when I was traded back to Dallas, and mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't going to be a good situation. Yeah. So I knew that, uh, you know, I, I was done at the end of that year. I wasn't. Uh, you were. I wasn't going to approach anybody for for contracts or anything like that. I knew that, and I I'd set the table with my wife and with the kids. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, I'm probably I'm probably done here. So just I've had enough, and uh, you know it's. The NHL treated me very well, and mm-hmm. I was very privileged to play there. So I knew that uh, you know I was not at the end of the, at the end of the old two season. Yeah, it's eleven hundred games, and and hard some hard minutes too by you. You know what I mean? Like uh, um, just one of those things where you were like, "Hey, we're done moving, we're done." And then did you go to Saskatchewan right away? Did you go back home? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we sold our place in Toronto, and uh, and we moved back here. Uh, the plan was to stay here for a couple of years, but. You know, and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. But our kids got wrapped up in school, and they made their friends. And so, you know, one year turned into, you know, <laughs> present day fairly quickly. <laughs> and then, like, you know, yeah. And then coaches are fired, and you're asked to hang around twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how that goes. Coaches being fired. Yeah. But, uh, nope. I, I, I wouldn't trade anything for, for the world. We, you know, we've had a. Uh, I feel very privileged and blessed to have played a game, and uh, you know now I'm, you know I, my son is uh, is playing, which is great. Yeah, and I'm trying to coach some kids to hopefully realize their dreams. So yeah, it's yeah, very very good. Was there a point with Josh where you were like you were like, hey, my kid's pretty good. He he could do something here because I mean, if anybody knows you know what it takes to play at the NHL level, it's you. Were you? Were you always pushing for a career for him in the game, or was it just no, one of those things? No, not at all. We yeah. uh, we were very real with our kids, and we told them, and um, you know, it was it was up to Josh. Mm-hmm. You can take it as far as you want to take it, right? Uh, you know, and the, the the big the big turning point for Josh was when he switched to defense in Salmonar. Okay. That kind of that kind of turned the dial right there. It opened up some eyes, and he started to really enjoy the game and and that. And, and you know, it turned into something for him. And my daughter plays high school soccer, and she's a she's a superstar there. Oh, cool! And now our two our two two younger kids, and one plays hockey. And like I say, he he does a little different thing. He rides dirt bikes and wakeboards. And, yeah, yeah. All that type of stuff, and then our younger daughter is is a really good super, like uh, super soccer player. So, oh wow! Again, they get told the same things. <laughs> so, you can take it as far as you want to take it. We'll support you. Yeah. Um, and and that's where it's going to be. Hey, looking at your um, looking at your career, you've played six games in the eye for Saginaw. And you played two games for Utah. Uh, I imagine it was a rehab stint of some sort. And that's it, man. Like, you, no minors for you. That's that's. I think that's a yeah, really I cool thing, that. you know? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I was very fortunate. And, you know, you always have a lot of people backing you. Along the way, I've had some coaches that back me. Yep. Some GMs. And, 
and I think stuff too. You're always thankful for that. But when I got sent to the minors, um, that really opened my eyes, mm-hmm. and it was good at the time. Yep. Played two games, and I played hard, got a couple scraps, and then when I come up, I kind of figured, okay, what do I got to do here so that I don't go back? <laughs> yeah. So then I, I got a couple dust ups, and mm-hmm. and again the coach wanted to send me down. Like I said, I had to back in my GM. Yep. GM said, "Well, he's not going down." So right from that day forward, I kind of knew, okay, I got to bring that intensity every day. So you uh, you played in the you played in an All Star game uh, in uh, Montreal Forum, which would have been awesome. Um, what do you remember from that game? Like that, that's pretty well, cool. I, you know what? I was fortunate Steve. I played in two. I played in one out in Edmonton. Oh, okay. My bad. And I played in one in Montreal. And, well, the experience for me, like I said, a lot of people said probably I wouldn't play. So then for me to yeah. to be able to have some success and rub shoulders with, with uh, you know, the big guys of the NHL, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, was, I was fortunate. I didn't anyway shape or form take it for granted like oh I'm, I'm this I gotta have a fat head I just took it all in mm-hmm. and my mom and dad went and, you know I just enjoyed the whole experience yeah that would have been awesome like, exactly like a guy yeah. like you you're like hey I, I can play this game I'm in an all-star game suck it everybody well, <laughs> yeah, and some, you know some people they want to be dream killers and try to kill everything that every success you have but yeah. no I look back on that and I'm very proud of it uh, very proud of the fact that I was able to play in a couple of them. I don't remember how you did, but I remember you had a pretty nice shot, a pretty good cannon. Did you go in the fastest, hardest shot? Did you do anything yep. in those? Yep. I've, I won it the one year. Okay, good. I, I thought so. so right. no, I, there's a lot of a lot of guys I was just kind of implemented. That's where they started the skills thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the skills that I had. Yeah, did you always have it? Like growing up, were you always one of those dudes that could just yeah, just we rifle? Were always, it? Yeah, yeah, we shot enough bucks as young kids and right. spent enough time on the outdoor rinks that you know, I guess whenever whoever could shoot it over the net is young. It's kind of kind of off the charts there, but yeah, yeah, no, it's something that I yeah, that I had. you always had a, you've always had a, a cannon, always. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not the most accurate, but there's a cannon in the yeah. Uh, hey, you had a lot of brawls in your career, a lot of fights. Uh, do you know who you fought the most? Because I have the stats in front of me. I don't. I don't know who I fought the most. Take a guess. It would have, it would have had to have been in the early part of my career in that Norris division. Yeah, Basil McRae. Five of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Basil is a competitor for sure, yeah. Uh, Coaster three, Odgers. I just did one of these with Odgers. He's in Saskatchewan. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I run him. into Jeff quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. He's a really nice guy. Um, yeah. Did you have a fight? And look, you're a 6'3. You were a big dude. But did you have a guy that you were like, I don't want to mess with him? No, there wasn't any. You know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah. Of an H. And that's not. I'm not saying that I was the fearless guy. Yeah, every fight I dropped the gloves, I worried about. Did you really? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because if you're if you're fighting overconfident, that's usually when you got stung. Right. And I learned early in my my hockey career. I I got I got to play a few games as a 15 year old with the uh, the Prince Albert Raiders, mm-hmm. and I got in a fight as a 15 year old with this guy, and I cut him open. Uh huh. And then so the next year. We're playing that same team, and I'm 16 now. Mm-hmm. 
might give it to him when I was 50. I'm really going to give it to him when I'm 60. <laughs> and he fed me my lunch. So I learned really early right. not to be overconfident when fighting. Yeah. I, I asked. I asked. I don't remember you. Be, I remember you being one of those dudes that would take on anybody. So I wasn't sure if there was somebody where you were like, ah, man. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not a case of if if you have to do it, you have, you have to, to do it. it, right? And you know what I mean. The outcome's the outcome. But we always had a saying it doesn't matter if you win or lose, as long as you show up. Can't believe you didn't. My my childhood hero was Wendell, and you never fought him. I can't believe it. No, you stayed away from Wendell no. in the Norris division. That's amazing. Yeah. Well. You know, it, uh, it was earlier before me where Toronto, but there was other guys. There was Brian Curran. Yeah. Bob McGill and those types of guys. So. Yeah. And uh, one of your fights was Paul Coffey. <laughs> Paul Coffey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he stuck me in Chicago. He kind of had, so whatever, he, I turned around and he, was, he kind of initiated it. Oh, wow. So Jeez. it was one of those things like, holy shit. <laughs> so whatever. You're okay. like, oh. You're like this is this is one of my heroes. This is a guy who played for the Orders. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> like Paul Coffey is one of my heroes, and right. I got to sit beside him in, in Chicago, my second go round there. Oh yeah, that's I right. I really yeah. enjoyed the man. He's, he's, a, he's a great man. Dude, he had some skills still back then. He went to a bunch of teams, but man, could he he could still play? Oh, uh, well, he's. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame defenseman. He's got what two thousand points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Uh, we'll wrap this up here on the Paul Pocky Podcast with Dave Manson, uh, Prince Albert Raiders uh, coach right now. Um, you uh, for uh, what? Which time in your game? And look, you played a you played a ton of games, played a ton of places. But like, what do you remember um, as being your happiest uh, time in the game? What team? What year? What we, you know, maybe those early years. I don't know. But was there a time where you were like, "Hey, I was on top of my game, and I really enjoyed myself at at this time"? Was there is there a particular time that stood out? Well, I thought, you know, I, mean, I, I, I enjoyed every day in the game. Mm-hmm. Steve, I, I truly did. I never took anything for granted. I I enjoyed it. Like, my third year with Chicago, I scored scored some goals, opened some eyes. Yep. But I went to Edmonton. You know, my play was, was consistent, and uh, my numbers proved that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I went to Montreal... Um, and Winnipeg, like I enjoyed all those times, and I thought in Montreal was probably where my game was, you know, uh, was probably at its most consistent. Mm-hmm. Where every night, you know, didn't have the points, but but uh, defending skills and everything like that, you know, what uh, was 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 okay. Yeah, you were on. Uh, you were plus plus twenty two too. So that yeah, you were yeah. yeah. You know that that and that's you know that's through a lot of trying years too. That's some good years. That's some bad yeah. years. But, yeah, You know what I mean? That's the ups and downs of a career. Of course, right now as a coach, are you on the Corsi with your players on the, on the adjusted Corsi and everything else? No, we don't. <laughs> we we try, but with junior hockey players, yeah, stuff. right. You know, you don't. Sometimes you don't know what you have till seven fifteen, and that's <laughs> not halfway through the first period. So, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, but no, it's 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 one of you just try to preach. I I do it with my own son. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, son, the coach has to need coach needs consistency. Yeah, you've got to be a consistent pro, day to day, low maintenance. Just open the door. He knows what he's going to get from you. Yeah, and that's what that's what they're looking for. All right, last question for you. So Gretzky. 
Gore Lemieux are coming down on you on the ice, which guy gives you the sweats the more, the most? Which guy was tougher for you? Uh, Lemieux because uh, they're both tough people. Yeah, of course, right, yeah. <laughs> if, Greg, if you jumped that way and he beat you at the pass, yep. Lemieux could, Lemieux could as he was just a different stature. He was six foot six, right. two hundred and thirty pounds, and a finesse vision. And he could physically, you could jump on his back, and he could physically take you to the <laughs> net. carry you to the net. Right. So, so uh, for me, like uh, Mary Olamu was 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 uh, um, was tough. Yeah, tough yeah, he, yeah. Like you said, Gretzky could just pass it away to somebody, but Mario could go yeah, through Gretzky, you. Like. You know, I mean, you can't. It's very tough to compare the two because mm-hmm. physically, physically they're different. Right. Um, but on the ice, uh, the vision and the finesse and the just how uh, you know, just how intelligent their hockey IQ. Yeah, that's just um, off the charts. I guess it goes without saying. Lemieux was probably the greatest player you played against. Would you say? Or well, he's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously, Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. was. You know. I have insurmountable respect for both. Was there a teammate that amazed you the most in all those years, uh, skill-wise? Was there a guy that just... Yeah, there was a bunch of them. People always ask me, who was the toughest guy I played against? Yep. You know, who was it? And I always say Steve Larmer. Steve Larmer? You know, because, really? Because he... Uh, and how he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame, I have no idea. Yeah. But you you could go, I, like, as a teammate, I watched uh, posing defensemen try to intimidate him. Mm-hmm. As a, as one of his opponents, I tried to intimidate him. Right, and he just he was just unflappable. Guy was he consistent too. Yeah, yeah, and he was just so consistent, and he had a real good hockey IQ. Just the mental toughness that he had was mm-hmm. unbelievable. He could skate too, huh? He could skate. He was just he killed penalties. He played power plays. Played every situation, Steve. He was just. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. And Lindros too. I think Lindros should be in there. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, but, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the highest points per game players. So you know he's won the heart. He's he's won the the big trophies outside of the Stanley Cup. So he warrants recognition for sure. Well, Dave Manson, uh, thank you for doing this. Two All-Star games, 1,100 games played, playing the original six teams a bunch. Uh, again, one of the more feared guys out there could play the game. Great shot. Um, we really, I really appreciate you taking the time on the Paul Pocky podcast for doing this, man. Thank you for the jaunt down memory lane. Uh, um, again, you don't know me, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time for doing this. No problem. It's, like I said, it's a pleasure. All right. Thanks, thank Dave. Thank you very much. Steve. Thanks. You bet.